Hello guys, welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. I was fortunate enough to kick off a little series that I'm going to be doing called the Halftime Chat with the one and only Lee Addison. It's going to be a great little series. We're going to be talking about NRL teams going into 2022, sort of analysing them before and during the start of the season. In part one here, we're going to be going through the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Part two will be the Canberra Raiders. Part three will be the Brisbane Broncos. Next week, we'll go through Cronulla, South and Gold Coast. But keep an eye on this one. It's going to be an awesome weekly chat with a great footy mind in Lee Addison. But without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Welcome to the first episode of the Halftime Chat. Um, I'm your host, Big Les, and I've got with me the one and only Lee Addison. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you, Big Les? I love that name. I love that name. Uh, I love it too. Um, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically what me and Lee are going to be doing is going through these slides. We're going to go through three teams today, being St. George, Canberra, and Brisbane. And we're sort of going to give you guys a bit of a rundown into how their season is going to look going into 2022. Bit of stats, uh, signings and losses as well. It's going to be a pretty interesting little chat. So before we get kicked off, I know you that you're doing the Aim Higher program at the mm, moment with mm. a few young guns. Give us a rundown mm. about what that's about, how that got started up and, and stuff like that. So basically a few years ago, Les, I decided that uh, I felt that not enough people were getting good enough quality coaching. So I'm a level three high performance experience coach and there's only a small group of players can ever get coached by a coach like me traditionally. So I decided to flip that around. Uh, I devised the website rugbyleaguecoach.com.au that, that soon became the biggest in the rugby league world and then um, during COVID, started doing a lot of one and small group sessions because of the restrictions. And I've had the Aim Higher program planned for for 12, 13 years, believe it or not. I used to run it at some clubs that I worked at um, just with their own juniors um, as part of my coaching gigs. And I just decided uh, to run with it from last January. So I was still I was still a head coach at Mabel Park at the time. So I was doing this part time. Um, did a couple of clinics. It went really well. Um, this year, I'm full time on 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 the Aim Higher program and RugbyLeagueCoach.com.au. We've rolled out to about 13 different venues so far already, including uh, every point of the compass in Brisbane. We're going to Bundaberg soon. We'll be down in Melbourne, down in Sydney, and then over to the UK. Looks like we might be going up further north into uh, higher parts of Queensland. High- and hotter parts of Queensland as well. So anybody who's listening out there, I mean, if you want something like that at your at your joint, then just f- feel free to reach out. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I, I tell you what, if I was at some of those venues, I'd definitely be going there and giving it a crack as well. Um, it's a great. I don't little- know if you're a bit too old, Les. Oh, I'm not too old. I'm. <laughs> 
17, <laughs> 17 and going. Um, <laughs> now we'll take you because we, we basically go from age six, believe it or not. Ideally, the, the seven or eight year olds, but some six year olds are up to it. And so we go six to 17, basically 17, 18. Um, mate, if you want to come on one, feel free. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Um, and just give us a bit of a rundown, sort of the clubs you've coached at. Give us a bit of an insight into Lee Addison as well. Um, well, I've been at a couple of NRL clubs, Manly Seagulls and Penrith Panthers. I was on the SG Ball staff and uh, head coach of the Harold Matthews side at Manly, then went over to Penrith a couple of years as Harold, Harold Matthews coach there and also assisted Matt Elliott with the first grade side during my summer breaks from school. Um we all got sacked by Gus Gould, um, but luckily for me, I had some other irons in the fire. I've been with the USA, uh, helped them qualify as assistant coach uh, in 2011 for the 2013 World Cup. And at the same time as all that was going on, I was involved in the schoolboy game. So head coach of St. Gregory's for a few years and then started two big academies in, in Queensland, the Ipswich State High Academy, which is a huge academy now. We took them from the third division to the first division in after two years undefeated and, and they've stayed there for the best part of the last decade. And then 2017, I moved over and did the same at Mabel Park, took them from the third to the first division and they're, they're hoping to qualify in the next couple of weeks again. And, um, you know, prior to that, I was doing quite a lot in England too, mate, as you can tell with this accent, I wasn't originally of this parish. So, um, yeah, yeah well, I've been, I've awesome. been yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, well, I've been here a long time now, mate. So it is home. It is whole, or at least one of them anyway. Yeah, good stuff. Make sure you go um, and go to the rugbyleaguecoach.com as well. If you want to get into those programs, it'd be a great little thing to do, especially if you're an up-and-comer and you want to get a few rugby league skills uh, down pat. So we're going to analyse. The first team we've got here to analyse is the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Just before we get started, what do you think about the St. George going into 2022? I think they're going to have a far better season. I think there were green shoots of recovery in 2021 before Barbecue Gate. Um, I have a lot more faith in Anthony Griffin, the coach, than some people seem to have. I think because he presents in press conferences and media interviews, he sounds a bit old school. People just assume he's old school in his approach. Um, I think there are some old school elements to what he does, but I think what he is doing is... Um, really shaping his roster in, in such a way that they're going to make a better challenge in 2022. Like I said, if it wasn't for Barbecue Gate last year, then I think they might have scraped into the finals. In the off-season, they've recruited quite a few older heads. Alex Ferguson, the old Manchester United manager, the very famous Manchester United manager and very successful manager, used to talk about building your squad where you basically split it into thirds. You have promising youngsters coming through. You have a group of people in their peak. So if you imagine your peak in rugby league, it'd be something like 26 to 29 kind of thing, maybe 25 to 29. And then a few older heads, sort of 29 to 31, 32, 33. And if you look at some of the recruits, Les, that the, the Dragons have brought in, in the off-season, Tao Tao Moga, 28. Outside back, uh, Jack, G G G I can never say his surname. G G G G How do I say it? Gajewski. That'll do. Well done. Well. Um, Jack G, uh, 27, a back rower. 
Uh, George Burgess, 29. Aaron Woods, 30. They've basically put a new front row in there. And Moses Sully and uh, Jaden Sewer are both at the younger end of the scale. They're sort of like at the at the end of being young players. So I think the way they've put that, or started to put that, that roster together is actually okay. And I know there's a lot of people writing them off. I think they're underestimating the coach and I think they're underestimating the recruitment. I think St. George are specials for the eight. What say you? I like St. George and I thought they were playing really good footy right up until, as you said, the barbecue little incident happened. Mm. I thought they were playing some great footy and I honestly thought they were going to make the top eight last year as well. Um, But it was quite unfortunate that happened. It sort of really, really damaged the morale at the club at the back end of the season. Guys weren't really hyped um, to win games and... Yeah, that's just what happened. It, was, it wasn't it was a very good end to the season for St. George. As you say, the money ball approach that they've gone with is is quite interesting, but it is a good one. I didn't even know Gajewski was 27. I thought he was quite young. Uh, I hadn't seen mm. him before. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the money ball uh, idea, getting some older heads in there, it's not a bad idea at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a look at some more of the signings, the losses and, and stuff like that here now as well. Um, some of the signings are Tao Tao Moga, Moses Suli, Jack Gozoweski. I'm, I'm gonna stuff, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're both going to stuff that up. Um, I won't get the next one wrong. I think I've coached him. I've, I've coached him in England, I think. I coached one of the Burgess boys. I think it was George. George Burgess, um, <laughs> Aaron Woods, and Jaden Sewer. Losses, Corey Norman, Matt Dufty, who I think was a huge loss for them, uh, Cam McInnes, and Jordan Pereira. The win ratio last year was eight wins, 16 losses. Key players for 2022, Ben Hunt, Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sullivan, Talatau Amon, who some people call him Junior Amon. Um, what are your thoughts? Who do you think are some key players in that side for 2022? The big thing that interests me, mate, is Matt Dufty. Now, don't forget, while he was having a hiatus from coaching, Hook was in the media. He was at the ABC and he was doing some work for Fox League, particularly on NRL 360 and the like. Also, one of his assistants last year was Matthew Elliott, who was with the ABC. So I think St. George, as a coaching staff, are quite good at getting their messages out to the media. And I think you'll find, if you look back through some of the commentary last year, people were sort of suggesting in the media that Matt Dufty wasn't quite as good a defensive fullback. That, sorry, isn't the kind of defensive fullback that Griff likes. Now, personally, when I coach teams, Les, I put a massive stake on how my fullback organises a defensive line, defensive line. Talking to the players, getting his ABC defenders tight organising the, the defensive split so that you're not sure on one side of the field. And I zoom in on that Matt Dufty decision. I know this is going to make or break Anthony Griffin in many ways because some people are very confused about that decision. But obviously, Terrell Sloan is tipped to be the starting fullback in, in his stead. The club have also backed Anthony Griffin for another year before a ball has been kicked. So I think... Anthony Griffin is really turning this into his club now and into his team. 
So the fir- my first instinct is to look at the Matt Dufty, Terrell Sloan decision. My second instinct is to look at Ben Hunt, um, a player that has copped his fair share, and I don't think things have been quite the same for him in the media since he dropped that ball in the uh, in the golden point period of the uh, of the of the NRL Grand Final. But Ben Hunt's a good player; is a is an Origin player. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him at, at St George, but. With a bit of luck now, he's going to have some stability around him at, at, at the scrum base anyway. And I think he will just start to really get a hold of this team the longer Anthony Griffin and his coaching staff are in play because they will become more in tune with each other. I also think, and I've already alluded to this, the ages of some of the new recruits, that's the third thing that I want to focus on. And I think Burgess and Woods, even though they're probably not the two best front rowers that you sign from anywhere, uh, you know, you, you're not the, best, the first two you'd pick for, for, for any side, they are damn good footballers and they're solid footballers. Another thing I noticed in the trials and I made note of in the trials is that uh, they had one player simbin and one player sent off in, in next to no time in the trial, Terrell Fuimono. To 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 Ralph Fermono, I've coached in the past, got sent, and um, uh, if I remember rightly, it was Sully who got Simbin. Now that suggests to me they're coming out with a bit more of an aggressive approach in defence. They conceded an average of twenty six points a game last year. They were the sixth worst defensive team in the competition. Um, Again, using Griffin as a coach and looking at his history, particularly at the Bronco, Broncos and Penrith, I think a lot of his recruits are, are aimed at stiffening up that defence too. And I think his decision around a fullback is about stiffening up a defence too. So, as watchers of the game, we tend to focus more on the attacking side of the ball. I think that team's got a bit more starch in it because of some of those people in the column on the left and the decision in and around Matt Dufty and Terrell Sloan. If if it's about defence, which I believe may have been leaked to the media on purpose, then th- this is going to be a good uh, a good indicator of how well they travel early in the year if their defence starts to do some shutouts or close to shutouts. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Like, I wasn't really thinking of that uh, Matt Dufty exit like that at all, but you're right. It's going to help their defence so much going into next year and it's going to be a very interesting year for St George. They could make it or break it as you say um mm. they have got some good recruits um mm. out of these out of these guys tyrell sloan Jaden sullivan and talatawa mo the youngsters that are coming through yeah how do you think they'll sort of fit into the side going into next year because we've seen a bunch of them been put in different positions last year Jaden sullivan's been a 5'8 he's been playing a lot of hooker uh talatawa mo was in the centers when he's a 5'8 um even Tyrell Sloan was on the wing for one of the trial games there as well. Where do you think these guys sort of fit into the side going into this year? Well, Tyrell's obviously got the, I believe, got the jump on the one jersey, so it's his to lose. I think Griffin likes versatility as well. I think that's one of the reasons that the players move around a lot because when you are a team full of versatile players, it can actually save you some interchanges sometimes. So. For example, if a front rower can move into the back row, that, that saves you an interchange because you can move him into the back row at some point and, and rotate another front rower, for example. Um, 
the <clears throat> it's a hard question to answer that. Um, I think you'll see a little bit of to and froing in the six jumper, so you might see Sullivan back in there at some point or in between that and the nine jumper. Um, I think as much as, much as I talked about the defence, St George have also got to get the points for column up as well, so they need a little bit more creativity. Um, and one of the ways they're going to get that is by moving the pivotal positions around. And I saw a couple of things in the St. George team last year that suggest that that might be what their sort of plan is. You remember Ben Hunt would move from seven to nine, etc. And I think sometimes I might be wrong. I'm sure he packed in at lock at some point. So if you move those pivots around, it can keep the opposition guessing. So as much as they've got to get that 26 average down, they've also got to get that 20 up. Ideally, it'd look something like, 26-4 and 14 against if they're going to be a winning team. So um, I think you'll see a bit of chop, chopping and changing, but I do feel Ben Hunt will stay at seven. So I think a lot of it will come down to how Hunt wants to play and how he feels. Well, just... Also depends... Sorry, it also depends how well Sloan connects with, with, that, with that scrum base. I agree in the fact that Tyrell Sloan's got the one jumper. Just speaking on Ben Hunt, there's been a lot of discussion... A lot of people say he's a better nine. A lot of people say he's a better seven. I know that Andrew McCulloch has got that nine spot down pat, so obviously Ben Hunt's going to be yeah. seven jumper. But what, what are your thoughts on that? He played Origin at nine and had probably one of the best Origin uh, yeah. years that he's had in a while. What are your thoughts? Is, is Ben Hunt for you a better seven or a better nine? Better seven. I think he's a good nine, and I think... McCulloch is obviously not a spring chicken anymore. He's a fine footballer, very consistent. Ask any forward who plays rugby league and they want the ball in the same spot all the time. Andrew McCulloch puts it exactly where he wants, where the front rowers want it, where the back rowers want it, where the halves want it. If you put your hands up, it'll go into your hands. Uh, he knows how to sniff around the rook, but he's not getting any younger. So what somebody like Ben Hunt can do is go in later in the half and provide a little bit of spark out of dummy half because he is a good hooker as well I think he is a good 5% better as a half though I think this is going to be Ben Hunt's team and I also think that Hunt and Griffin have a strong relationship probably from the time in Brisbane when I'm sure they were together I think this team is getting moulded around Ben Hunt and I think he is best positioned to play in the half in the half jumper because of that with an option to move into nine, with because if you think of the of the scrum base and the spine, a team that starts with McCulloch at nine and Hunt and seven is going to be stronger than if Hunt is at nine and McCulloch's on a bench or sat in the grandstand. And I think starting those games, can you imagine a front row that contains Burgess, Woods, and McCulloch? There's an awful lot of experience there, and when you are breaking down the game when you are in those crunch moments there's a lot worse front rowers running around or front rows running around than George Burgess McCulloch and Aaron Woods and then if the opposition feel like they've got over the top of them three if all of a sudden Ben 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 Hunt is dropped in the middle of that to provide a bit more spark around the rook then it can it can cause some havoc for opposition defenses so uh, to answer your question I feel Hunt is a better seven then he is a nine, but I think he's a damn good nine as well. So I think, like I said earlier, I think Griffin is happily moving his pivotal positions around for a reason and with 
and with uh, a strategy in mind. Yeah, for sure. It will definitely be an easy, uh, a, a very strange and very interesting season uh, for mm. George. Um, speaking about George and, and, and Aaron Woods, do you see them starting or do you see them coming off the bench? Would you rather them coming off the bench as experience or starting in the front row and laying a platform? When I choose my forward pack, Les, if I've got four quality front rowers, I actually like to, and this is a, no disrespect to any of them, but the ones that are going to make less impact, I actually like them to start. Because what I want them to do is soak up some of the pressure so that my players with more impact can come on and replace them and start to make some inroads around the rook. So that's how I would manage it. And I don't necessarily know if Burgess and Woods come as a package. I think one of them probably needs to be on the field at all times to add that starch, or most of the 80 minutes anyway. Um, you'll have to remind me who else is in the front row there. Uh, well, they've got they've got George and Aaron for sure. Blake Laurie's another one. He's a young gun. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a right front rower. Um, yeah. Jack DeBellin as well. I think he'll play front row. Yes. On if Jack Bird, play, uh, Jack Bird plays lock for the season. That's what I'm hearing. Well, at the Debell- DeBellin's like a new signing again. Yeah, it's very. It's you could almost you could almost put him in that left column. Yeah, um, I pretty I could to be honest. Um, but yeah, he 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 was sensational when he came back. Yeah. I can tell that he had a little bit of an impact on that side. He looks yeah. up and ready to go, and he's what? Yeah, late twenties. Early 30s. Aaron Woods, Aaron Woods, I think, is a bit more of a starting front rower. It, just thinking to the way he plays, a bit more of a starting front rower. George Burgess may be suited to coming off the bench a bit more. Can you imagine Burgess and Jack DeBellin coming off the bench at 20 minutes into a game? You think you've got over the top of their pack and then Burgess and DeBellin come on. And DeBellin probably wouldn't have to come off after that. You could keep DeBellin on for the rest of the game then. So, yeah, that's going to be intriguing. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching the Dragons this year. Like, this is the one team that I think are going to... Because I think Griffin is building the club, and I think the club have backed him too. To give him an extra contract before a ball has been kicked, he's saying, Griffin, this is your team, this is your club. And they've announced this week that Flanagan is on the recruitment side of things. They've got Ian Millward there too. They've got a lot of rugby league brain there. And I just think people forget... It was a bit of an embattled club, St. George. It really underperformed for a while there. Um, all St. George fans must be either grey or bald or, or something. It's been quite stressful. Um, and it's not going to be a quick fix, but I think everything I see and everything we talk about uh, suggests to me that they are going to have a better year and they're going to be on the way up, particularly when you think that the season was upended a little bit by barbecue gate. I guess the only question is around the defence and last week in the trial, the right side of defence was a bit of a problem, but I just think there's enough rugby league brains around there to fix it. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, as, as you say, it is going to be a very interesting season there for St. George. Where do you see yeah. them in the top in the, in on the ladder sort of things? Where would you put them? You'll soon realize with me, Les, that, I think there's an awful lot of teams that don't have much between them. I think, to extend you the answer, I think, you know, the Roosters, Penrith, um, maybe South, that's another question for later down the line. But Roosters, Penrith, Melbourne, 
and we'll put South in there for now. There's a few teams that are better than everyone, and then the rest are just slugging it out. And I think St. George will be one of those teams that are going to be slugging it out between, for, between position five and position eight. I do think, again, and I keep harking back to this, there's enough starch in that now, enough experience to make them sneak into the eight. You've got to remember, it's not just about... It's not just ever about one period of a game or one game. It's about a 26-round season. Is it 26 or 25 now? I guess it's 26. Anyway, it's yeah. 26. And there'll be times after a few rounds when people have a couple of knocks, there's been one or two bad things happening. You need your experienced heads around there to say the right things around training. You need your experienced heads to say the right things when you're behind your sticks and 12 nil down. And you're waiting for the sorry 10 nil down, and you're waiting for the opposition kicker to convert. You need your experienced heads in that huddle saying the right things, telling you to calm down and focus on what's important. And I that just jumps out to me with some of their signings, my friend. I I, I think they are going to manage some of the toughest parts of the season quite well. Yeah, it looks like a really good side, and I honestly can't wait to see how they play. Um, focusing. On the losses side of things, players they've lost. We've talked a lot about Matt Dufty, but out of Corey Norman, Cam McInnes, and Jordan Pereira, which loss do you think would affect them the most? Cam McInnes, because of the leadership he brings, because of the culture he brings. Um, Corey Norman, I watched him in his early days at Parramatta, and I thought I was looking at another immortal. He just had so much talent. He's obviously not been able to keep that together in, in many ways and he's had a few issues away from the game and you know all, all good luck to the ladder I'm a massive fan of his but obviously he's not he's not been able to keep it together in the way to help his football really kick on uh, so as a result he was a bit up and down um, Jordan Pereira big loss in a way but that's just the nature of it that's the attritional nature of, of rugby league the big one for me is Cam McInnes and he obviously was targeted by Cronulla for a reason. And, you know, in coming weeks, we'll talk about Cronulla. So we'll talk about their recruitment. And I think it's been a shrewd recruitment from the Sharks. And I'll be honest, if he could, I think Hook might have wanted to keep Cam McKinney. Out of all of them, Cam McKinney's in there. Yeah, for sure. Can totally agree. And it's going to be a very interesting year. We've said it a few times now, a very interesting year for St. George there. They could be the new Newcastle Knights. That It's not the team that you'd expect to be in the top eight, but they managed to get there at the end of the year. So, uh, as I said, it's going to be a great year there for St. George and one that we're all going to keep an eye on. Well, that is it for part one, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. It was a great chat and he's such a great bloke. Part two will be coming out as well. I'm releasing all the parts at the same time so you can go back and listen to part two on my Spotify at Big Lizards League. Make sure you go and follow Lee Addison at the Rugby League Coach on Instagram. He's on YouTube as well. He analyzes a bunch of Super League teams, so make sure you go and give him a follow on there as well. Great coach. Um, and a really, really good footy brain on him as well. So you can tell why this was such a great chat. Make sure you go and listen to part two and part three. They will be going through the Canberra Raiders and the Brisbane Broncos. Next week, we'll be going through a bunch of other clubs as well. So make sure you stay tuned. It's going to be a weekly thing where we go through every single club and get a real good insight into how they're going to go in 2022. So as I said, make sure you go and listen to those. Thank you for choosing Big Lizards League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend and I will see you guys in the next one.
See you later.